you ever say something and in your head you had this great idea and in your head it was like, man, I'm such a genius and this is going to sound so great. And then you say it and then it's kind of like when uh, when a guy's trying to maybe like hit on a girl or something and in his head he's got this whole thing planned out but when it comes out it's not right. Yeah, that happened to me last week um, on episode one of Podcast 66. By the way, you are listening to episode two of Podcast 66 on dorksideoftheforce.com. And as always, dorksideoftheforce.com is a proud member of the Fan Sided Network. Today's August 8th, 2014. It's a Friday. If you're listening to us, get the date right so you don't call us idiots for getting stuff uh, late or early. But um, anyways, as I was talking uh, earlier about... Last week in episode one, we did a lot of stuff wrong. I won't, you know, I won't try to hide away from that. But I continued to say that Star Wars Episode Seven will be the first two billion dollar film ever. So in my head, I was like, you know what? I'm a genius. I'm making this bold statement. Everybody's gonna come back after Episode Seven comes out, and they're gonna say, hey, that guy had it first. What I meant was Star Wars Episode Seven will be the gr- the the uh, first two billion dollar film ever. For Disney, uh, Avatar from James Cameron was the first uh, two billion dollar film, but Avengers uh, did not was the highest grossing Disney film um, ever. I guess if you want to count Marvel as Disney and Star Wars and Lucasfilm, they certainly are part of Disney. They have not reached two billion dollars. So what I meant by that genius and bold statement was that Disney will f- cross the two billion dollar threshold with Star Wars Episode Seven. So those who were listening last week and thought this guy doesn't know what he's talking about you were right number one because most time i don't know what i'm talking about and number two i kind of had something in my head and it went out the wrong way but now that we got that out of the way we can move on to uh to some star wars news rumors and more once again you're listening to podcast 66 on dorksideoftheforce.com and enough from me enough from me uh running my mouth i I think my buddy and my co-host Daniel down in Florida is raring to go. Daniel, how is uh, things down there in Orlando? Is everything going good for you? I'll, I'll tell you what, uh, Ryan, it couldn't be hotter, and I love it. It's, I think it's about 110 degrees heat index today here in sunny Orlando. No, thank you, because I live in the south, and if the humidity, which the, my trips down to Orlando have been pretty humid, if the humidity is anything like it is here, I'm, I'm pretty much checking out of that. Yeah, it's so humid, you could pretty much just wear a bathing suit out the front door because you're going to go swimming, even if you don't even get into the pool. I mean, you're just, whew, it's, it's, it's crazy. But, you know, I grew up here, so I don't mind it so much. Well, my wife wants to move to Orlando, and I think eventually we'll end up there. So, uh, I mean, it's hot here, so I'm used to it. But, you know, whatever the wife wants, usually the wife gets. But, yeah, I, I <laughs> asked my wife about my sweat glands, and uh, I don't think she wants extra humidity for me because then... That means pretty much I'm always driving around with a towel because of the humidity, at least here in, uh, in Tennessee. Sure. Absolutely. Um, well, we'd love to have you, buddy. I'd love to call you my neighbor. Yeah, definitely. Maybe uh, maybe you can show me where to live and uh, show me some good places, but that'll be down the road. Um, I'm excited to talk some Star Wars. What about you? I'm ready, man. Let's do it. Let's get into it. Well, now that we got all the hellos out of the way and everything... Um, we actually have a week where Star Wars Episode Seven doesn't dominate the Star Wars news cycle, and that's pretty crazy to me because it seems like for the last couple of months, ever since they started shooting and announced the cast, really, it's been 
you know, one thing after another where it's hard to keep up with actually what's going on. It's very easy. You blink and you miss something. So it's, uh, it's nice to almost have a week now where we're not speculating or we're not, there's no, you know, ridiculous hand rumors floating around, uh, you know, pun intended, but it's almost like, uh, it's almost been like a nice little break that we've had, but we do have one Star Wars Episode Seven thing I want to touch on, and this is something personal for me, and I'm going to say that this next segment's going to get a little touchy, so I may lose a lot of fans or may lose a lot of uh, uh, partners. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm a popular guy, Daniel. I don't know if you know that or not, but people love me. So if I, didn't ha- if I did have any fans, they're probably going to be gone after this, but this comes, oh from, the, this comes from the Toronto Sun dot com or i'm sorry torontosun.com the toronto sun uh, the, i'm gonna just read the headline and let it soak in for a second it says william shatner would love to be in star wars episode seven of course he would who wouldn't <sighs> so anyways uh, from the toronto sun report it says uh william shatner canadian national treasure and the man who gave us tj hooker danny crane and captain james t kirk says he would be up for a role in the upcoming star wars episode seven if jj abrams can find a way to fit him in. Send him a note, an amused Shatner said at the suggestion that Abrams should find a part for the film due out next December. JJ's a buddy, said Shatner, but the trick would be for someone to come up with an idea of how to put the aging, two sizes larger captain in the movie. (sighs) Okay, I will say that if William Shatner gets his way into episode 7, yours truly will not be going to the theaters to see it. I'm going that far. I'm going that far. I said the same thing when they didn't cast Billy D, but we'll go. Billy D <laughs> is one of the biggest omissions that Lucasfilm uh, has ever made. Now, I'm saying he might sneak his way in there, but the fact that Lando Calrissian is still alive and able to move and act and dance, um, the fact that he's able to do all that and they're not having him in there is a uh, is a terrible tragedy. But if Captain Kirk is in Star Wars Episode Seven. I will not be a happy camper. I do not like Star Trek one bit. Whoa. I just... Now, to me, first off, don't mix the two. Don't put Captain Kirk in Star Wars just because. This is not... Star Wars isn't some film franchise or some movie where everybody that's you know, everybody that wants to come on by will throw you a cameo, and that's not what this is. Star Wars is not... For, that's first off. That's not what Star Wars is. Star Wars isn't some. Hey, did you see Captain Kirk in there? And uh, you know, let's get this guy who was once in a sci-fi film. And hey, who was in the original Planet of the Apes? Let's just throw him in there too. Like that's not what Star Wars. Star Wars is not some open party for people to just show up because they're a sci-fi character. I mean, come on. But to me, I don't like Star Trek because now full full uh, disclaimer here. I'm not a fanboy or geek or dork or whatever you want to call it of anything else really but star wars now i'm a sports do i I like sci-fi i like movies i like you know even you know superheroes i love i love superheroes i love it all but star wars is really my sci-fi passion and my fanboy belongs to star wars so when i look at star trek it just seems like their fan base is so strange number one and if you're a trekkie i'm sorry Uh, i'm glad you like star wars if you're listening to us you like star wars but man to me it's just so strange like it, it seems like you've got to speak their language like they've got this language from these made-up planets and and all this weird stuff and it feels like you've got to if you're a star trek fan you've got to go all in or you're not accepted by the trekkies and it feels like they're just so you know offended all the time and to me it's just so strange and i mean william shatner doesn't even like you either like hey trekkies like i know 
You know, I know he did that Saturday Night Live thing as a joke, but I'm pretty sure he was half serious. I'm pretty sure he doesn't like all of you. And then it's just, to me, Star Trek just seems so strange. And I've seen Star Trek, and I've tried to watch it, and it just seems like it's almost like a cult almost. It seems like Star Wars is a phenomenon. It's a it's a fan thing. It feels like it crosses over into, like, the mainstream. I mean, because I cover sports, and I love sports, and they always have Star Wars nights at baseball games and Star Wars nights at basketball games. And But Star Trek, it just feels like if they were to have a Star Trek night, it feels like the Trekkies would revolt and, like, burn down the stadium because they didn't put, you know, Captain Kirk's you know, lapel correctly on his spacesuit or what. I don't know what, I don't watch Star Trek, but to me, if this happens, I will not be a happy camper. If JJ Abrams puts, uh, William Shatner in this movie. Mm. Boy. Whew. I don't know. Uh, I don't know how we're going to continue with the podcast after all that, man. They're going to burn us down. I mean, I'm I'm kind of scared, <laughs> but I just had to get it out there, man. Trekkies, it just seems like star Wars. It seems like if you like, Star Wars, if you like Clone Wars or if, you know, young people, they're always like, come on, like Star Wars. But it seems like Star Trek, they're like, you're not a, you know, there's some of this in Star Wars too, but they're like, you're not a true fan and you can't cite the, you know, Gorgion of the planet Snoogidon. And it's just, I don't know, man. <laughs> it seems like you've got to you know speak the language and separate your fingers and, you know, say all their sayings. And it's like, you can like Star Wars and not remember what Yoda said on Dagobah. And I don't think you're going to get crucified for it, but it's like, I don't know, man. It feels like you got to get branded and, you know, cut your hair in a little bowl cut and get your ears all, man, I don't know. I just, I don't want to see it. I don't want to see a crossover. I I, I don't want to see a crossover. There's got to be a story here. Something personal happened to you, didn't it, Ryan? It's just, now there's this, there's this guy I know, he's a buddy and his dad is a Star Trek fan. And it's just like, he was talking about the new film and he was just like, I didn't like the way this happened and this happened and this happened. And it's like, you know, what's cool about star Wars is it's not been redone. Like all the characters are still the characters. It's a continuation of the story. It's a prequel, but there's like all sorts of star Trek redos. And this guy played this guy and this guy was, didn't get it. It's just like, and William Shatner, some sort of God, like Mark Hamill is Luke Skywalker. The most, you know, beloved star Wars character ever. And the most, you know, fanboy yeah. inducing guy, yet he's not like, you know, people like melt when they see William. I just don't understand it. Like I, there are some hardcore yeah. Star Wars nerds he's, out there, yeah. but I just feel like, like if you, if you're in Star Trek, like you pretend like your time on planet earth is just a rental and you'll go to the Star Trek land when it's all over or something. <laughs> well, boy, if I was a, if I was a hardcore Trek fan, I could back, I could, uh, I could definitely throw it back at you but man i i i'm speechless i'm speechless. <laughs> so trekkies trek if you're a trekkie follow us on podcast on twitter at podcast 66 email the show at 66 podcast at gmail.com and argue mm-hmm. with me tell me why trekkies aren't you know the 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 bottom of the barrel when it comes to fandom and they don't wow and they're not i mean I'm, you're you're if you're a trekkie <laughs> good like something go for it be passionate but tell me why Star Wars fans aren't better because to me, Star Wars fans have way more class, way more acceptance. If you listen to the way that like um, Vanessa Marshall and the cast of uh, of Rebels talk, like when they're at Comic Con about even uh, Tira and um, and and all the younger people on the show talk about how accepted and welcome they felt. You know, it seems like it's just different. I don't know. Uh, maybe I don't. Maybe I don't know enough. Maybe I'm I'm uneducated. But to me, you know, yeah. keep keep track away from my Star Wars, please. Shots fired. Well, now you mentioned uh, Star Trek having made up alien languages. What about Huttese and Ewokies? 
yeah, Rodian but, and all those languages from the Star Wars trilogy. But is that one of the more, you know, noted things about Star Wars? I don't think so. I think the languages are kind of least like the less talked about. You know, it's kind of like, yeah. you know, right. the the main characters speak English. You know, and and I'm not saying Star Trek doesn't, but it seems like there's like seven different languages, and there are people like like written books about these languages, and you go to bookstores and. You know, they've got like live long and prosper, learn the Guganese, or I don't know anything about Star Trek, but I just, I just, maybe it's because I'm not fanboy enough. Maybe I'm not geek or dork or nerd enough that I don't understand right. it. But, and I think there's a Star Trek and Star Wars kind of divide out there. Aren't there a lot of arguments and stuff? I mean, you're more in. I think that's sort of a, you know, that's sort of a myth. And I think even more so now, post prequel era. Uh, you know, there's a lot of bridges between the fandoms, but I don't necessarily ever really hear much debate actually you you're the first star wars fan i've heard in a long time take uh trekkies to task like this i think you might be all on your own little island there ryan i'm sure whatever little listeners listeners we had are probably now all gone but uh <laughs> that's enough about star trek i think i think we'll get into that later and if some yeah. star trek people can email us and follow us on twitter and convince me otherwise maybe i'll become a trekkie one day maybe i'll uh Doubt it. I'll uh, live long and prosper, and hopefully this podcast after this will live long and uh, and uh, and prosper. But anyway, uh, episode seven really has been quiet. Um, we talked last week about Harrison Ford walking without really much of a limp at all. Some people said that there was a little bit of limp, but it wasn't too bad, and he just had his ankle taped. And uh, they return to uh, Pinewood Studios in London on August eighteenth, so just ten days from now. And I fully expect Harrison Ford to be with the cast when they come back. Um, that's about it for Star Wars Episode Seven. Uh, unless you've heard anything different, Daniel. Uh, I think uh, the Rebels has pretty much taken over this week. Oh, uh, there was that uh, conference call from Disney's CEO Bob Iger on Tuesday, wasn't it? Correct. And that is kind of something that's that kind of blew up Twitter for like a day or so. Um, from Variety.com, um, Bob Iger held a uh, held a uh, kind of little press conference slash call conference call about Disney's numbers and uh, their money and all that kind of stuff and and he kind of touched on of course Star Wars because it's it's you know the biggest film franchise of all time in my opinion and when Disney buys it it's it's gonna happen to uh, to make news and and people the press are gonna want to know about it but um he's uh from Variety dot com um. Iger uh, says, number one, we'll get into what he says about episode seven, but um, he said that what was the most interesting and what kind of really hit Twitter um, was that Bob Iger announced in a way that um, Star Wars would be having a bigger presence in Disney parks um, and Walt, Walt Disney World in Orlando where you're, where you're at in my homeland of Anaheim. I'm from L.A., but my homeland of Anaheim and uh, Disneyland, where I actually went on my honeymoon, uh, Disneyland and Disney World are going to start having a presence, um, a bigger presence, more than Star Tours and more than, uh, you know, the the shops and the things like that. There's, there's like one shop at the end of Star Tours, but uh, it's kind of cool to see that uh, he says a, quote, far greater Star Wars presence in its theme parks, and this was on Tuesday during the uh, conference call. What do you think about that? You know, a guy, as a guy who I imagine attends Disney World quite often living down there, what, what, what do you think that means for uh, the parks to have Star Wars, you know, in them? Well, I can tell you that uh, recent uh, expansions that Walt Disney World have made into their own parks, uh, namely the new Fantasyland at Magic Kingdom, I've spent significant time there, and I can tell you that everything they've done has not only brought exciting new experiences, but they've really stayed true to the spirit of the classic Disney films. 
and not only that, but the spirit of the theme park, as it were. You know, Disneyland's been around a little bit longer than Disney World, but, you know, they share a lot of the same attractions. Uh, when they introduced something like the new minecart ride, the, the Seven Doors minecart ride at Magic Kingdom, they have introduced something a little cutting edge, but it, it's still a classic Disney attraction based on the most classic of Disney features, Snow White. And they've built it in, in New Fantasyland and without closing any, any other attractions down. You know, when they opened the Winnie, Pooh, Winnie the Pooh ride, they had to close down Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, which nerds like me are still butthurt over. But I rode that in Disneyland on my honeymoon, just saying. Oh, man, everyone wants Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. Exactly. Um, this is great news. Uh, I spent nearly every day of the Star Wars Weekends event at Hollywood Studios this past summer. And they have done it bigger and better every year, but this year was just insane. Um, we could do a whole episode uh, dedicated to just my, uh, you know, talking about my experiences at that event this year. But they've got all these great things happening with the characters, uh, you know, namely the stormtroopers walking around and the Jawas walking around, interacting with fans and actually speaking to them. Absolutely terrific. Since Disney purchased Lucasfilm, I've seen so many things that show to me that it's evident that they're taking the Star Wars brand very seriously and trying very hard to stay true to the spirit of the saga. Uh, no matter what they do, whether it's just one more attraction or if they do a number of attractions, uh, you know, maybe a couple rides in a restaurant or, you know, even more than that, another show or something, it's, it's going to be great. Fans are so lucky that they're going to get this. Uh, namely, people like me who live 10 minutes from Walt Disney World, I am stoked on this. When I first heard about the Disney purchase back in October of 2012, of course the movie was the first thing that jumped out at me. Oh my God, Star Wars Episode Seven! But the second thing that just got my blood just pumping, my heart just racing, was that the prospect of seeing new attractions beyond Star Tours at the Disney parks just knowing how well Disney does their experiences, the way they're going to treat Star Wars is just going to be fantastic. I cannot wait to walk into the Moss Eisley Cantina and order myself a tall glass of blue milk, sir. Yeah, that that's that's what's cool. If, if any of you have been to Universal Studios in Orlando and saw the Harry Potter world, which my wife is a big Harry Potter fan, we went down there when it really first opened and rode the ride in the castle and and drank some butter beer and it was really awesome and I really I think Disney has the chance to recreate that um and make you know life-size Millennium Falcons and life-size uh you know s speeders and and those type of things and you can walk through uh you know like you said Tatooine and go in the in the cantina maybe get some chips and salsa and blue milk and you know, and and have that music playing, maybe like a animatronic band playing, and and the the technology and the things that Disney can offer really, really uh, opens the door to some really exciting things that I think Star Wars fans, if you weren't a big fan of theme parks before, uh, will make you a big fan of theme parks. And we were talking about this a little bit earlier uh, before the podcast. Uh, Disneyland had been rumored to basically be gutting their entire Tomorrowland section. If you've ever been to Disneyland or even Disney World's Magic Kingdom. 
Um, they have a Tomorrowland where it's supposed to be of the future. And when Walt Disney, uh, you know, designed it, you know, you got Space Mountain and all that other kind of stuff over there, and and the uh, Buzz Lightyear ride and all that kind of stuff. And and they're talking about gutting that all out and making it all a Star Wars thing. And I really hope, and I I hope somebody else shares the sentiment that. You know, Disneyland, especially in Disney World, are, are legendary places. There are places that were designed by a great mind in Walt Disney, and 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 the the land that Disney owns, the technology, the, some of the smartest minds in you know in entertainment and in business and technology work for Disney, and they could find a way, especially with the the uh, the you know the rights to Marvel that also belong to Disney, they could make a Disney uh, park, especially in in in, in uh, Anaheim dedicated to star wars and marvel so you could go and you could go and experience the avengers tower and then you can walk over there onto uh, the other side and all of a sudden there's a giant ad ad and and there's all sorts of awesome things that you can do and i think disney would gain by leaving the stuff alone that's already there and like you talked about adding the the mine train right where they didn't have to take anything away and, and it made you mad about the toad thing you could you could do something because they're like basically what they're doing and this is also i've seen some sketches and some ideas of what they're doing to animal kingdom down there and they're making like an avatar world and like as you walk on the ground it lights up like the the planet and avatar those movies and and i think the technology and the potential i really hope is put separate from what's already there so that you can also experience something number one it also get it less crowded because it'll get some people more divided up but number two it'll it'll give this potential to kind of be on its own and it and, right. and when it's on its own it there's more potential so it feels like you're actually going to these planets you know you may go to you know it feels like you're at Tatooine because right next door isn't Space Mountain so i hope right. they do something like make a not not necessarily a fifth park or a third park in Anaheim but do something where it's separate and i really think this is either way it's exciting that, that they're they're i think the exact, exact quote says um, when we grow star wars presence we will do so significantly you will right. see better bets being made that will pay off for us more than they were in the past. Uh, and then he once again said that they will deliver better returns than we saw in the past. So they star tours is one of my favorite rides in both Disneyland, Disney world, same thing. But, uh, you know, I even got my wife who doesn't like star Wars to ride star tours. That, that's, and she liked the ride. So it's, it's, it's an awesome ride and in the potential to, cause when you're waiting in line at star tours, um, it feels like you, like when you enter that, that room and C-3PO is standing there talking to you, it feels like you're in Star Wars. So I would like to see an entire park kind of replicate that experience. I couldn't agree more. I heard those same rumors about Tomorrowland sort of integrating uh, some Star Wars experiences. You know, I'm sure there's probably some truths in that. Um, I think that Disney's done a really good job of keeping the lid on their film. So I'm sure that they're keeping just as tight of a lid on the the park attractions. Uh, no matter what happens, man, like I said, it's it's going to be fantastic. And it's so much fun to speculate over what we may or may not see. It's almost as fun to speculate about the theme park attractions that are coming as it is to speculate about the plot in the new films. It's, uh, you know, the possibilities are endless. And Disney knows that Star Wars is just money in the bank. As you said, Iger was saying you weren't going to see better bets with with this stuff than we did in the past, and it's like, well, duh. I mean, they could they hmm. could easily open an entire park dedicated completely to Star Wars. And I doubt it would never that we'll see that, it would never not be crowded either. Like Star Wars fans right. from like you know Yugoslavia would be flying out and spending two weeks out there. Like, don't don't doubt the they, power. Uh, yeah. I mean, they already do for Star Wars weekends, and, and rightfully so. I mean, right. you know, I was out there, you know, this summer, and I'm thinking, 
you know, all they have to do is just do this year round and, and there's your Star Wars expansion. I mean, yep. it was so much fun, man. I, you know, and they, they need like maybe a, a Moss Eisley Cantina would, would go over like gangbusters and then maybe one more ride. And, and you know, that would be fantastic. I, I'm trying not to get my hopes up too much to think like they might have more than two or three more attractions because really, especially when you're speaking of Disneyland and Anaheim, there's really limited options as far as expanding, um, as far as the land goes. Disney World is a different story, but well, I do know. know I do know that there is some strawberry fields or something. Uh, when I was doing the research, something near a uh, one of, near Disneyland, they own something that they were talking about turning into a parking lot uh, that yeah. is size enough to add to a park. I forgot what the exact details is. If you Google uh, Disneyland Third Park, people have always kind of kind of painted that spot um sure. i think it has something to do with strawberry fields or something when we were there for our uh for our honeymoon we drove by we stayed at the uh at the hyatt hotel right by there and he was right by our i think it was right by our hotel or something it was somewhere near there and it was and it, it's definitely because disney is able to use marvel in theme parks uh in california uh mm-hmm. i think a marvel star wars park would seriously bring some money because Disneyland has been having problems with overcrowding. They're not offering uh, right. season passes anymore, I don't think. So uh, mm-hmm. you've got to maybe try to create new space. If you look at what uh, Universal did with Harry Potter Land out in Florida, I, I don't think, I don't know, you are you go there more often than I do, but I don't think they really had to shut down anything. I think they kind of just added to it, I think. I don't, I'm not really no, sure. No, they, yeah, they got rid of Jaws. I'm still kind of, you yeah, know. I you forgot know, about that, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of sore with Universal, but that's a different podcast. But the altogether. fact the fact that they were able to add a giant world and recreate Hogsmeade and that kind of stuff yeah. with just closing down one or two rides shows right. that maybe Disney doesn't have to gut anything out. So no, I don't think they will either. Like I said, they've they've pretty much stuck to their guns with with the classic things, save for you know a few exceptions like Mr. Toad's Wild Ride and such like that. Let me ask you, Ryan, before we move on. What is like one thing you'd like to see in the park, whether it would be like a theme Star Wars themed restaurant or maybe an attraction based on one of the uh, the films or, or a ride of some sort? What's something you think would be really cool? What I want to see is innovation. And I know that's not a very good answer, but when you ride the Harry Potter ride um, that's in the castle in Florida and Universal, you're inside the castle. It uses a combination of screens and uh, uses a combination of animatronics as well. And when you're riding through the castle, you're following Harry and all that, and it's like this. So I want to see some sort of innovation because Disney has the power to innovate even more than Universal. So I want to see some sort of ride that is a thrill ride that maybe, you know, there's an animatronic C-3PO. And I just I don't know what they can do, but there there's a reason why they work for Disney, and I don't. But what I want to see is I think, they, I think they're easily going to do a restaurant. I think they're going to do life-size models of maybe a Millennium Falcon or a, you know, a, a Snow Speeder or you know, whatever Episode 7 might introduce us to, maybe that new X-Wing that J.J. Abrams revealed. I think, that, I think that's going to happen. But what I want to see is some ride that blows my mind, that it, even farther than Star Tours, where I feel like I'm in the Star Wars world. So what I want to see is some piece of innovation because Disney always innovates, much like Lucasfilm does. I want to see that... Yeah. Uh, really kind of, I want my mind to just explode when I walk into this ride and, and they, they have to clean up my brains as I walk out. That's what I want. Well, kind of what you're describing is, is a little bit of what they've accomplished with that mind, that dwarves mind train, mind, mind train. I always forget the name of it, but it's, it's great. We went on it on my birthday. 
Now it's a thrill ride, but it's a Magic Kingdom thrill ride. You know what I'm saying? It's, yeah, you're not. It's yeah. much like uh, Thunder Mountain, where it's not like you're going upside down or, or straight down a hundred feet or what have you. But it was fast and it was fun. Right. And they they have a section of the ride where it's almost like a slow dark ride, where you're in the mine and the dwarves are there. But there's this really cool uh, CG, not CG. Uh, they they project the faces onto the, the the dwarves and they're actually singing and wow. it looks so cool. And um, that's a great I think uh, uh, c- combination of sort of a thrill based ride with like a themed kind of dark ride where you're kind of indoors. So. I, you know, I think it would be great, especially along the lines of what you're talking about. I just think the first thing that any Star Wars fan would just love is to get on a speeder bike and just race through the forest moon of Endor. Yes. What they could do is like surround you, like completely surround you with a screen that's just like IMAX 3D sized. And it's just broadcasting this this footage of them racing through the forest moon and you're racing other people and you race through the Ewok village and you race through a big battle with the rebels and all this. Right. And then maybe you end up, uh, you know, at the end of the ride, you get off and then you're in the end the Ewok village and you, you celebrate with, with all the rebels and the Ewoks or something. I and mean, something like that. Then you, then so you cool. empty your wallet at the gift shop and Disney. Oh, dude, yeah. I just check, I'd leave my wallet at the gate and say, Hey, just take everything. And you know, you know, tell me when I'm done spending. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm with you on that. But, um, yeah, we'll get more into the Star Wars parks talk, and as things start to open, we'll maybe even have uh, you at the parks, and we'll we'll Skype, and you'll be riding one of the new rides and talking to us during the podcast. Maybe we'll do something crazy like that because Absolutely. because we're crazy. We attack Trekkies. We don't even <laughs> care, man. We're we're just like taking our shirts off and painting our face. And but anyways, enough about the right. uh, the Star Wars. So Star Wars will be seeing a bigger presence in the park, according to Disney CEO Bob Iger. Uh, also, he said that he saw footage from episode seven and he said that it was basically fantastic um i'm not going to take his word on what it's like but i mean because obviously what's he going to say it was awful but uh right. it's kind of cool to know that you know episode seven footage is out there it's kind of cool to know sure. that uh so that's basically what uh base disney kind of came out and said bigger presence at the park and uh bob Iger saying disney is uh making even more money than usual so you know uh, two people that really spend a lot of times at those a lot of time at those parks are our dear friends over at skywalking through neverland uh richard and sarah walowski those guys are awesome and we definitely Mm -hmm. they definitely warrant a shout out if you like disney like i do and my wife does and if you like star wars like daniel and i do um go to um follow them on twitter at skywalking pod uh interact with those guys they're awesome what do you know their website daniel well, you can find their iTunes, uh, their their iPod, uh, their their podcast on iTunes. It's Skywalking Through Neverland, and they have a strong Facebook presence as well. I believe it's facebook.com slash Skywalking Through Neverland. Uh, Richard and Sarah are some personal friends of ours who uh, we actually met over at Star Wars Weekends this summer. Uh, they're just the sweetest uh, pair of folks you'll ever meet, and their f- podcast is great. And like you said, they touch a lot on well, everything Disney and everything Star Wars. There are a couple of great, great people and super nerds, uber nerds. Yes, very, very knowledgeable, very, uh, very knowledgeable, and uh, and very nice people. And I definitely recommend you give them a Twitter or uh, a Twitter. We're really, we're really killing this. Uh, shout out! You basically give them a follow <laughs> on Twitter at Skywalking Pod. 
So definitely check out uh, Skywalking Through Neverland for all your Star Wars and Disney news. They talked to David Collins. Uh, they talked to a lot of awesome guests, and and we really appreciate them uh, sharing love with us, and we're definitely all about sharing the love. So you mentioned earlier that Rebels has basically taken over the Star Wars universe right now, which is awesome. Yeah. Awesome that Star Wars Rebels um, has taken over, which is because it's a great show. It's uh, to yeah. To me, from what we've seen, it's going to be a great show, is what I mean. And I think uh, those who love Clone Wars, I don't think why I don't see why you should have any problem with Star Wars Rebels. If anything, I've said last week, I think it's going to be better than Clone Wars, if not on the same level, because of what Dave Filoni has learned from doing Clone Wars, from what the cast has learned, from what Disney has to offer. I think I think Rebels is going to be fantastic, and we were able to get a seven minute, a little bit over seven minute preview of rebels where they played like the first seven minutes and what you see from it is immediately the music is much better than clone wars not that clone wars i love clone wars music but uh the ability to kind of put a new twist on john williams classics really really added a lot to the show the characters look great the voice acting seemed fantastic and this is all in just a seven minute clip uh when you see ezra kind of kind of gets uh, his introduction to this this band of rebels and, and what the Empire is all about. And you can see the animation. And, and what, what was your initial takeaway of seeing that, that little seven-minute clip of, of Rebels opening? Right off the bat, I uh, immediately am drawn into, again, Ezra's character. I feel like... No, no, I have heard a lot of people comment on this. I feel so identified with that character. And I'll, I'll tell you why. We saw sort of a, an exclusive clip of, of several different characters at Star Wars Weekends. Um, they had a different voice actor from the show every weekend. Now, the weekend that Taylor Gray was there, he's the young actor who voices Ezra Bridger on Star Wars Rebels, they showed this clip of Ezra watching the ghost, uh, which is the freighter that's featured in Rebels, um, where our heroes make their home. The, the, the ghost in, in, in a dogfight with the, a TIE fighter um, right off the right above the planet surface of Lothal and he's watching it he, he first he hears the ships and then they kind of come crashing through the cloud coverage into his view and he's watching these ships go by and I immediately was was transported back to being six years old and standing out in my backyard looking up at the sky and completely envisioning that sort of scene taking place right in front of me and they've i haven't even seen a full episode of the show yet but this seven minute preview that they had on disney xd this earlier this week started off the same way it's it's got ezra sitting there sort of looking bored looking lonely and all of a sudden the star destroyer comes into view it's right above the planet's surface and he looks up and he's just got this look on his face like oh my gosh Adventure, and he takes off on his speeder bike. And my my roommate Abraham and I were watching it, and he said the same thing. I thought he said I would have done the same thing. Yep. And I said, yeah, that's exactly that's exactly. I just identify with this character of Ezra, and I feel I don't know if they're doing it intentionally. I'm sure they are, but for a, for a, for a fan of my age who grew up with the original trilogy on VHS, and you know, I think we can all relate to that. You know, being that young and, and just making believe, and I just think that they've bottled up that sort of uh, that feeling into this character of Ezra. It's going to be fascinating 
to see how his character develops. And that's my biggest takeaway from everything I've seen so far of the show, primarily this clip, the seven minute clip, which, you know, Ezra's bounding around the rooftops and getting mixed up with stormtroopers and stealing stuff from the Imperials and meeting our heroes. And, you know, he's just, he's this little, you know, bandit kid, you know, you know, he's just flying all over the place. It's awesome, man. I'm so excited about the show. And I think Ezra is going to be, my favorite character for sure. It's very original trilogy feeling, I think, in a, in a way. I think the way they, first off, you see those Imperial starships and those TIE fighters and all that, really, and you hear those, the, the roars of the TIE fighters, and it just kind of takes you back, I think. And then um, another, my initial takeaway when I first started watching it, and it really, it, it's when those Imperial officers were with that uh, one, one character who was selling those fruit. And uh, he, they were basically like, you know, identification, and they were being like complete jerks. I think, I think to me, in that first seven-minute clip, they really want these kids and these adults and these teenagers that watch this show to hate the Empire. They really want to paint a picture of an evil, you know, organization that really, oh, yeah. really makes the Empire feel like you can feel the oppression yourself. You can really yeah. feel why they're fighting, why these rebels are fighting against the Empire. I think just the way they were, you know, being a complete jerk to him. Then look at those other guys and like, you know, who's going to stop us, you guys? And and it seems like they're really going to paint the Imperial uh, force, the Imperial officers, the the, uh, the Empire as a whole. Uh, as you can tell, you know, idiots because you know Ezra steals the the comm link and says, "Hey, all you guys, you know, come over here, all that code right. red, that was code great. red, yeah." And then of course they're like. We're not even going to figure out, you know, that doesn't even sound like anybody we know, but we're going to run over here anyways. And it's kind of like the stormtroopers, they're like, you know, you two come with us. And they're like, yeah, whatever. So it's kind of like they're they're not very smart, which, and, and, and also that they're really oppressive. They're really power hungry, and they're going to paint the empire in, in a way where you can do nothing but hate those guys. And I think that was really I cool. I don't know if you caught it or not, but the one Imperial officer actually called... Ezra a loth rat, which I thought was really funny. I can't wait to see what a loth rat yeah. actually looks like. Is that like a womp rat? You uh, think? I don't know, but that's that's what's cool about this Rebels, and the reason why I think Rebels will surpass it doesn't have to be necessary quality, but I think the impact that Rebels can have because I feel like Clone Wars, in a way, was to rescue the prequels. I don't know if that makes sense or not, but in a way, it kind of. I don't think the prequel, prequels need uh, rescuing, but it kind of painted the story of of the prequels. It kind of said, okay, now I understand why Anakin did this. Okay, now I understand why Obi-Wan did this. Okay, now I understand the complexity of Padme and Anakin. Now I understand the Jedi Order a little bit more. Now I understand. I think in a way Clone Wars was sort of a... Uh, a way to build up the prequels and make you understand them better. So that if you were to watch the entire Clone Wars series and then go back and watch all three prequels, you said, you know what, I didn't understand why that happened before, but now I do. And then you look at Rebels, and the, to me, the story between Episode 3 and Episode 4 has been longing to be told by fans for a really long time. People have wanted a canon form of story to be told between this, and to and then this, this doesn't necessarily have to mean we're going to figure out this, the uh, forming of the Rebel Alliance. Uh, it doesn't necessarily mean any of that, but just to see what the world was like, to see what the Empire was like, to see what went on in those, and in, in almost if you if you have ever read the Bible, there was that 
period of time between the Old Testament and the New Testament where, the, you know, there was those, I think they called them the dark times, much like Star Wars fans call the dark times between the prequels and the, and the original trilogy. And I think these kind of were dark times where we don't know what happened because the Jedi Order went dark. The, Re- the Republic was fallen. And then we pick back up when a new hope starts to rise. And now we get to figure out what happened between that. Who were the Jedi? And, and the thing about these characters is when we watched the Clone Wars, there were a couple characters, Ahsoka and things like that, where you said, wait, they weren't in Episode 3, so what happened to them between you know 2 and 3? Then you look at these guys. None of these guys were there before. You know, uh-huh. Kanan and all these guys, they weren't, they're not in Episode 4. Do they die? What? Do right. they go in hiding like Obi-Wan? Do, what do they do? Like... Then it's it's really interesting to see what these characters because we don't know. It's almost like been, do right. what? Go ahead. There's been a lot of these questions floating about. I mean, everybody's like, "Well, who? Yeah, exactly." And it's 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 interesting. This week, uh, I've actually heard and, and read a couple of uh, interviews with the executive producer Dave Filoni, who's actually kind of shed some light on some of those questions. I know I know you were we were wanting to talk about that uh, that interview he gave with Slash Film earlier this week yeah he did an interview with slash film um, dot com talking about rebels dave filoni it's called dave filoni answers burning questions about the new series you can go to slash film.com and find the interview you can also go on dork side of the force.com where our main man uh daniel berry wrote a a awesome uh basically recap of uh things that happened in star wars that week i'll let daniel talk about that in just a minute but uh he answered some of the questions for uh that people have been asking and and uh and kind of his answers really you know really shocked me because you know he he was asked you know without spoilers can we safely say this band of characters is the beginning of a growing thing that will lead to princess leia and the creation of the death star is this beginning of the snowball effect and he said uh, I think the w- the way to look at it, Simon Kinberg said this beautifully. He described the American Revolution as if this was a show about five guys that were locked up in a farmhouse somewhere fighting against the local British military and without any real knowledge of the larger political movements or what's going on. I think that's really how you look at the truth of it with rebels. How do you get all these people together? We're looking at one little small group that's trying to stand on their own, and how does that hook up to what you know is a rebel alliance and a new hope? I think that's one of the things that we're going to reveal as the story moves forward. Um, so he also says that they started the rebel activity back in the uh, on Onderon arc in uh, Clone Wars, um, and he says where you see the Jedi empowering local military to fight back for their own planets, and and uh, so basically he it was really an answer without answering it. You know, he doesn't really sure. he doesn't really say it. So that's one question we don't have answered yet. But uh, you can kind of the fact that he didn't say no means that we'll probably see some sort of semblance. You know, we'll see Senator Organa in in the uh, in the uh, I guess because obviously he owns three PO and R two and they're in the show and, and sure. so we'll kind of see those that connection in there and uh, and uh, so he also went on to talk about um. He also want to talk about the Inquisitor, who is the uh, the villain in this one, and he talks about how why introduce a whole new character to do the same thing, especially when we already have a Sith Lord uh, talking about Vader and the Emperor. Uh, talk about why that's going to work. He said, I think for me the main idea is that, again, when Obi-Wan's saying these things to Luke, he's trying to get them explained, and he knows it's going to come from Vader, and it's very specific to Luke, and that's his destiny. The Inquisitor, is he, is he even around at that point? Who knows? Uh, but so I see he's answering these questions with these like I'm smarter than you and I answer it without answering it so like do we know any you know so it's it's kind of said that you know 
that's baloney, man. He talks that's, that's he given ta- a nutshell. He talks about Clone Wars, about how there's 10,000 Jedi and the number's been diminished. How do you find them? And uh, he said, I'm sure Vader's involved hunting the Jedi all the time, but right after the Clone Wars, uh, when the remnants of are very visible and the Jedi are all trying to figure out what happened, that uh, he was luring them into traps and walking them out all the time. So it's kind of like, at this point, we're so many years later, and, uh, you know, their kids being born in the first Emperor Vader don't really want them around either. And so it's kind of like, basically, you know, Vader's been there, done that. The Inquisitor, his job is to go find these guys. And that's basically what right. he's kind of saying. So um, so that's kind of uh, him talking about Rebels. So he, he answered these questions without answering them, because that's Dave Filoni mm-hmm. for you. But mm-hmm. either way, what he's hinting at is that we might see Vader. We might see the Emperor. What he's hinting at is that we might see the form of the Rebel Alliance without actually saying it because he doesn't want to give it away. And uh, what that means for this show is like, you're going to keep waiting. When am I going to see Vader? When am I going to see the Emperor? When am I going to see Leia? When am I going to see Senator Organa? When am I going to see these characters? And that's why I said I think the the interest and the hype around the show may be bigger than what the Clone Wars was because it's so much a mystery. And the Clone Wars was really just telling a story that we knew how it ended already. We don't know how this ends. We don't know how the Rebel Alliance was formed in canon form. You know what I mean? Sure. No, absolutely. Yeah, they've touched on it with uh, the books and some of the video games. But yeah, this is actually the first time we're really seeing this these events take place and unfold. And I think it's pretty interesting how... You, you mentioned that uh, Rebels is, is getting a lot more attention than the Clone Wars ever did. Well, I think part of that is because the Clone Wars is finally getting some of the attention that it, it should have been getting all along. You know, won a few Emmys, and now on Netflix it's getting this exposure. So, you know, that's gaining a, a whole new fan base all of a sudden, and people are excited, they want more, and all of a sudden they're, they're getting this new show. Uh, obviously there's mixed emotions about the Clone Wars ending, but... You know, I, I love this interview, and, and I love all the spotlight the show is getting because it's it's definitely shedding light on Dave Filoni, and I think he's finally starting to get some recognition that that he's earned. Uh, you know, I've heard things mentioned about him recently, like he's you know the heir to the Empire himself. You know, he's he's sort of George Lucas Part Two, and you know his his protege, which is all very true. Um, you know, I was listening to uh, his interview on Rebel Force Radio earlier this afternoon, and he kind of touches on a, a lot of the same things that he does in this interview here on Slash Film. As far as discussing the difference between the storyline we're going to be following in Rebels and the difference in the storyline in the original trilogy, you know, he the way he describes it is sort of, you know, maybe maybe we'll see some intersection there, but he likes to think of it as, the story of Ezra and Kanan happening in another part of the Star Wars galaxy. He's trying to make the Star Wars galaxy even bigger than it was before. And you get that yeah. hint because the interviewer asked, but the Empire has to build a Death Star and Princess Leia has to become a leader. He, Filoni answers, yeah, I think that's all happening, but somewhere over there. So basically what he's right. saying is, this isn't an Alderaan. This isn't where Leia and all these, these rebels are forming. This is a, a band of rebels that maybe some, somewhere around the way when they get some significant steam, maybe they meet up with the actual Rebel Alliance. Maybe, sure. you know, because I think a lot of people, when they heard Star Wars Rebels and when details were first coming, like, oh, sweet, we get to find the form, uh, the forming of the Rebel Alliance that we see in, new, in A New Hope. But that necessarily isn't true. And not that I don't think that when time comes to end the show, hopefully 10, 15 years down the road, uh, hopefully if the show ever does come to an end, hopefully they'll, they'll lead us to that. But um, I think Star Wars Rebels is also the first thing that Disney's done without George Lucas. And if the seven minutes that we saw are any indication, Disney 
has really, really shown that Lucasfilm is going to continue at an awesome pace. So I think what Rebels is, is it's going to be a story that's forever wanted to be told. It's a story that I think fans are really clamoring for, but Dave Filoni uh, definitely uh, is George Lucas's protege, and he's definitely proving that he's very Lucasian, and he's very capable of taking Star Wars animation and telling these stories that George opened the door for, and he's doing a great job. And then what's awesome about Dave Filoni is he was asked if he would do a Rebel spinoff movie or a random spinoff movie, you know, years down the road he says oh of course that's a selfish thing to say but of course i mean if i were to get an opportunity like that a i wouldn't turn it down b i would see it as a great honor to do it and i would apply all my jedi knowledge doing to doing as best i can when i see these spinoffs happening i've definitely got more than a few ideas of things that i would love to see finished and some things that that makes them i think personally great stories so seeing dave filoni tell the story of darth vader or the emperor to me gets my blood boiling and mr dave filoni lover himself uh, Daniel Barry, I think, would be on board with that as well. Yeah, you mentioned that you know Disney's done such a good job so far in presenting these this new era with without George Lucas. In a way, it's sort of not without George Lucas because even if you, you listen to the the interview that uh, Filoni does on Rebel Force Radio this week, he really touches on how he's kind of taken the mantle of George Lucas and it, it not not doing it saying like, oh, I'm the man now, I'm George Lucas, but he spent so much time learning from George and working with George one on one that, you know, now these other filmmakers are having to kind of come to Dave and say, does this work? I mean, this is a continuity issue with this story and that story. And, you know, he even touches on it in that Slash film interview, how it's kind of funny now. I think he said something in the interview on Rebel Force Radio where he said it, he's kind of. Uh, George probably thinks it's really funny that now he's kind of sat burdened with this responsibility of making sure that Star Wars remains Star Wars according to what George would like. And, um, you know, Dave really cares about that. And I, I think that's so important. A lot of people hate on Lucas now, but, uh, you know, without George Lucas, we wouldn't have Star Wars. And I think the Clone Wars is great. And I think Rebels is going to be even greater do much in part thanks to Mr. Dave Filoni. So, yeah, very excited about seeing him at Star Wars Celebration in Anaheim. I bet you are, and we'll try to get some, some access from you while you're there with your lovely mm-hmm. wife and your roommate, and then we'll try to get see what we can get while you're there in Star Wars Celebration in Anaheim next year. But you mentioned Rebel mm-hmm. Force Radio, and I am proud to announce that Jimmy Mack of Rebel Force Radio will be joining us here in about 15 minutes to talk about uh, Star Wars Celebration and talk about Rebel Force Radio and and the definitive voice of podcasting in Star Wars universe. I think Jimmy Mack and Jason Swank are the the guys and it will, it'll be an honor to talk to Jimmy Jimmy Mack here in about 15 minutes. But uh, I think that's going to be it for Rebels Talk. We're going to talk about Rebels much more as October approaches, as new trailers and new clips are released. Speaking of new trailers and new clips, though, um, Star Wars Rebels on Disney XD. Uh, they released another trailer where uh, you can see Ezra with a lightsaber. Uh, and also IGN released a clip where uh, Kanan uh, and, and and the crew are on the ghost. And it's kind of a cool little clip where uh, they're arguing about um, arguing about a certain way that things should be handled. And it's kind of a very, to me, a very uh, Millennium Falcon type scene. I don't know if you saw the clip yet, Daniel, but it, I don't know if you kind of got that feel to it. It's funny you, you asked me that because I actually saw this clip. Back in August, no, May. Uh, it is August. Back in May, uh, at Star Wars Weekends, they showed a bunch of clips that haven't been revealed yet. This is the first of those clips that I've seen 
come out. And we actually saw a longer version of this clip uh, at the at the event. Um, it was one of my favorite clips um, because it, it really does capture that that humor, that sort of uh, Star Warsy humor, you know, that you found a lot of in say Empire Strikes Back. Uh, you know, where Han and Leia might be arguing over something in the middle of a chase through the asteroid field. Yeah. You know, here we got Hera and 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 Kanan arguing with uh, Chopper, yeah, Chopper, trying to order yeah. him around, and and it's it's a great clip. And there's actually more to it. Uh, in fact, you might be interested about this in the clip that I saw towards the end of of the clip when Chopper finally returns to the br- to the to the bridge of the of the Ghost. Kanan and Hera are kind of getting a little lovey-dovey. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. It's very, it was very subtle, but, you know, it was obvious to, you know, anybody who, you know, knows what to look for. And, and I thought, oh. Was... So we'll probably get more of that story uh, with that new book coming out. Uh, uh, was it John Jackson Miller's, John Jacob Miller's uh, new, A New Dawn? A New Dawn, That's going to be yeah. good, yeah. It's going to be, the, like, really the first official novel that's considered canon, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. that's... That's kind of cool. So you can check out all the Rebel stuff on. And if you want to see all the Rebels news that has come out this week, Daniel, tell us about a new post that you're releasing on dorksideoftheforce.com that will come out every Friday. Yeah, every Friday we're going to pretty much uh, bottle up all the news from the previous week and sort of just give you a one big review of the week in Star Wars news. And we'll try to fill you guys in uh, all on everything that's happened every week it's gonna be feel the force friday which is the literally the cheesiest title i could possibly come up with and i love it um a lot better than a lot better than anything star trek can come up with oh my gosh sorry i had to moving on (laughs) but uh yeah we we talk a lot about the new rebels clips uh in this week's post uh we also touch on that great filoni interview that we talked about from slash film uh you know we we touch briefly on the new episode of rebel force radio which is I haven't listened to the whole thing yet, but so far uh, the interview with Filoni is just absolutely fantastic. Right. Um, and then uh, we'll get into some news about, uh, you know, the music from Star Wars Rebels. And, of course, we touch briefly on that uh, that conference call that Bob Iger had with his company um, about the Star Wars expansion into the theme parks at Disney. And, uh, yeah, we're going to do that every Friday for you guys, for all you troops out there listening. You can go to dorksideoftheforce.com. Uh, we'll be posting news and updates every day. But, of course, on Friday, it'll be Feel the Force Friday. You'll get all your news recapped in one nice little little uh, little package there. So if you come to Friday and it's the end of the work week and you think, you know what, I haven't really figured out what's going on with Star Wars this week, you can go to dorksideoftheforce.com, read Feel the Force Friday posted by my man Daniel. You can also listen to Podcast 66 that will be posted every Friday night and kind of get your feel on Star Wars and and we'll try to keep you up to date. Also, if you're interested in writing for dorksideoftheforce.com, we are hiring. Uh, I say hiring loosely because you don't really get a full-time job or paid or anything, but you can write for dorksideoftheforce.com. Join Daniel and I. Uh, if you're interested in any of that, if you're big on comics or video games or you just love Star Wars and you love writing, go on dorksideoftheforce.com. Click on the the uh, article that speaks on hiring for dorksideoftheforce.com, and we would love to hear from you guys. And if you want to join our crew, you definitely can put in an application by talking to Daniel over email. Uh, we'll talk more about that later, but uh, we were talking about Dave Filoni earlier and, and, and the interview in Star Wars Rebels. Day, and we were talking about Star Wars Celebration as well. Uh, Dave Filoni has been the first confirmed name for Star Wars Celebration, I believe. Has, has there any other names confirmed besides Dave Filoni? 
Now, uh, well, we do know that uh, James Arnold Taylor will once again be the host of the main stage. Right, you know, we he's do. The we, we do know the host, uh, James Arnold Taylor, David Collins, and then, of course, who we're having on the show here in about 10 minutes, uh, Jimmy Mack and Jason Swink will be hosting the behind-the-scenes stage from Rebel Force Radio. Uh, mm-hmm. But Dave Filoni, as far as you have to imagine, that uh, in April, I hope, that Star Wars Celebration will be where we finally get to hear from the Star Wars Episode Seven. Maybe we'll get a poster. Maybe we'll get the official title. Maybe we'll get uh, Mark, Carrie, and... Uh, and Harrison, I hope. Um, I, I have to imagine that Star Wars' own event wants to be the one that launches it. That's just something, in my opinion. And shooting will clearly be done by April. Um, and they probably will be even have enough to release a teaser, I think, obviously, with with just the, the movie being just months away at that point. Um, well, yeah. So it makes a lot of sense for Filoni to be the first name confirmed. I mean, he's basically the epicenter of Star Wars Celebration. I mean, he's... He'd be there anyway. And <laughs> he, he says, wouldn't have missed it for the world. He's the biggest fan of Star Wars there is. StarWars.com so. says, uh, Now as executive producer of upcoming Star Wars Rebel, Filoni is leading the development of the newest Star Wars animated series, which is scheduled to premiere this October as a one-hour special telecast on Disney Channel, followed by a series on Disney XC channels around the world. He will be appearing on the celebration stages in April to, di- to discuss Star Wars Rebels along with some possible exclusive sneak Peaks. Also, uh, part of we'll talk just about Star Wars Celebration with the behind-the-scenes host Jimmy Mack from Rebel Force Radio here in a few minutes. Um, but also part of the uh, the press release that Star Wars released, they will have a podcast stage. Um, so that'd be interesting, um, Daniel. You'll I know you'll be there. Obviously, we got some stiff competition, but it'd be kind of cool that Star Wars is giving kind of a hat tip to podcast and saying, you know, you can have a podcast broadcast on their stage. So I imagine you'll get whoever's there. You'll get the guests that they have to offer. I imagine because they'll make their way around the stages and stuff. So we'll talk a little bit more about that later. If, uh, you know, obviously you have to come up with a pretty cool idea, but that's pretty cool that star Wars is kind of saying, Hey, we, we hear you podcasters. So that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. The staff over at Lucasfilm, they're very in touch with everything that's, uh, going on in social media. And they recognize that podcasting is, is really um, where most diehard Star Wars fans really go to for their news, which is the whole reason we're doing this. We're fans ourselves. We also have a lot of podcasts that you and I both listen to, Ryan, um, that we're fans of, namely Rebel Force Radio, which we'll get to. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be a great celebration. I've been to Celebrations 5 and 6 in Orlando, and I can tell you that those were the best eight days of my life so far. Um, I'm not even exaggerating at all. Um, it's just a totally immersive, incredibly uh, overwhelming experience. I mean, Star Wars Weekends was great. It was almost like a mini celebration, but you know they packed so much into those four days with the guests and the surprises and the big news and the big reveals and just all the fans and cosplayers. It's fantastic, and it's always a great time. So. If you're a Star Wars fan who's even questioning whether or not you should make it out to Anaheim for Celebration in April, if there's any way for you to go, you really should try to go. Because I have a feeling that everything's going to be fever pitch when we get to Anaheim in April as far as Star Wars, uh, Star Wars Episode Seven coming out. Nothing would surprise me, especially this being this close to the new film's release. 
you know, if JJ showed up, heck, if George Lucas himself showed up, it wouldn't surprise me. It's oh, it's gonna be nuts. I'm retired. Yeah, I'm, I'm retired. <laughs> yeah, but um, so that's Jimmy Max impression of George. That's um, that's Star Wars Celebration. Daniel will be there. Email us. Email us at sixty six podcast at gmail dot com if you're planning on going to uh, Celebration. Maybe we can talk or have you on the show or maybe talk about maybe giving Daniel a hug because uh, mm-hmm. uh, if. If uh, you're into that kind of uh, fan interaction, Daniel, or listener interaction. I love, I love hugs. I love <laughs> hugs. You know what else I love is getting all my Star Wars news from one place. Uh, we've got this great app, don't we, Ryan? The, the fan-sided app? Yeah, we want to talk to you guys about um, the fan-sided sports and entertainment app is all new and redone. Um, you can find it on the Apple App Store or Google Play Store and even the iPad Apple App Store. Um, what this app does is you're able to customize it from your favorite sports and entertainment uh, sites and news, and you can go and pick your favorites, and it'll send you notifications when a new article is posted. So you could be sitting at home and uh, feel the Force Friday and Podcast 66 can be released. Your phone will vibrate. You can slide down, click on the fan-sided app. You can listen to the podcast, read all of that. If you're into Game of Thrones, Marvel, uh, if you're into sports, NBA, NFL's getting ready to ramp back up. Uh, the FIBA World Cup in basketball is getting ready to start. So if you're into any of that kind of stuff, the Fansided Sports app will keep you up to date with all of the latest news, rumors, and more, much like Podcast 66. Uh, you can download the uh, Fansided Sports app on the Apple App Store, Google Play Store, or iPad Apple App Store today. It's very awesome. You can read Daniel and I's work. And you can really get uh, immersed in all your all your news and rumors, and and it, it'll almost be like a social media feed. So if your favorite Star Wars, all the sites that write about Star Wars will be there. You'll get notifications, so you basically uh, don't have to do any work. We'll do it all for you. Download the Fan Sided Sports app today, and uh, let me let me let me tell you, you will not regret it. So. Um, We'll talk to Jimmy Mack here in just a minute. That's all we have for Celebration Talk until we get into it with Jimmy Mack. But we are the official podcast of you guys listening on your Imperial Starships. We're Podcast 66. We're all about Order 66. We're all about the turn of the uh, the Star Wars universe where it went from a clone army to a stormtrooper army for the Empire. So when we talk to guests here on this show, it's not just an interview. It's an Imperial interrogation. Just made a deal that will keep the Empire out of here forever. It's time for Imperial Interrogation. We would be honored if you would join us. Alright, so we have the uh, complete honor and privilege. Uh, Daniel is having some um, technical difficulties because that's Skype for you. um, So he won't be joining us on this interview. But I have the honor of joining... uh, or joining me now is Jimmy Mack of Rebel Force Radio. You can find him at rebelforceradio.com, part of Shot Glass Digital Network. Uh, basically, the definitive voice of Star Wars podcasting out there today. Uh, and it is an honor, uh, Jimmy. And how is the weather treating you in Chicago today? Because I know down south it's extremely humid. Oh, my goodness. Well, you know what, Ryan? That's a question that you can ask me now, and I'll have an answer for you. And then an hour later, it would be a completely different answer. Uh, But right now, you know, we're probably in the uh, low 80s, I'd say, with a touch of humidity. Uh, The uh, wind is coming out of the southwest at about five miles an hour, and uh, overnight lows are expected in the mid-60s. 
Well, I am very jealous. Your complete weather report. <laughs> I'm very jealous of you because it's like in the hundreds and it's uh, and I'm sweating away here. But um, we don't want to hear Jimmy Mack talk about the weather because you're not a meteorologist. But we want to hear Jimmy Mack talk about Star Wars. So uh, the thing about you guys at Rebel Force Radio is you're really the biggest Star Wars podcast out there. You know, you guys get the biggest names and you put out the best content and. And it's really an honor to listen to you guys and the work you've been putting out there and the fan interaction has been really awesome. But uh, you started um, the show back in January of 2013, and even before that, you guys were podcasting. Um, what would you say is really the catalyst uh, for you guys beginning your own show? And and uh, and really, are, has Rebel Force Radio really, the way it's gone, has it exceeded your guys' expectations? That's a good question, Ryan. Um, the, the, the desire to form our own podcasting network just comes out of a desire to be independent and to be completely in 100% control over all things that have to do with the podcast, both on the air and off. And uh, while we had a great relationship with the force.net for many years, it just, you know, we you got the feeling that we, we just wanted to leave the nest and uh, try to spread our wings on our own. And we're really happy we did because to answer to the second part, expectations we didn't know if people would follow us to our own independently produced uh, venture but uh, it seems like uh, everyone followed us and told their friends and that was very exciting for us to, to basically pick up where we left off and uh, rebel force radio is now about a year and a half old and uh, definitely thriving so uh, we're so happy that uh, guys like you ryan followed us to our new home and uh, we hope we are able to present kind of an audio version of Star Wars Celebration each and every week on Rebel Force Radio. Well, I think you guys do a great job on that, and and, and it's really been awesome since you've had your own network because you could do things like Star Wars Oxygen and Star Wars Influences, and and you can have that network of, of things that are great to listen to every month and every week. And, uh, and there has been one thing that I've been always wanted to know, and I think I know the answer already, but when you look at... Um, all the things you've done growing up being a Star Wars fan, being so young and watching the films and, and you look at where you are now and, and you're hosting a Star Wars celebration stage and when you look back at all the things you've done in Star Wars podcasting and Star Wars media, what's one moment that maybe you were out of place or talking to a person that you just sat there and in your head you just thought, I can't believe that after you know the fanboy that I was as a kid, I can't believe I'm here now. <laughs> That's a good question. And there's a lot of answers I could give you. Um, boy, oh boy. Uh, you know, the very first time I went to Star Wars Celebration was Star Wars Celebration 2. And that was in Indianapolis. And I actually went to cover that event because we were trying to gather a lot of a lot of sound bites and everything for a Chicago radio station I was working at WCKG for uh, the release of Revenge of the Sith. And, uh, oh, no, gosh, that's even before Revenge of the Sith. This is going back to Attack of the Clones. And uh, so I was um, I was armed with my uh, tape recorder and microphone, and I went to that event and really just fell in love with the entire process of chasing down 
interviews or just talking to fans and not having to prepare anything. I thought that was the coolest thing in the world was that I could just go there and be myself and just let things flow off the top of my head because I had done all my research during all my years growing up as a Star Wars fan. So I was I was sort of prepared for that very event and without having to prepare at all. So I realized that it was something that I really enjoyed doing a lot and then Finding Star Wars podcasting has been something that's really um, been able to, uh, it's been very expansive for my fandom. And that probably all culminated in the day I was invited to go to the Four Seasons for a banquet for George Lucas. And never having met the man before, um, and, and as he approached me, I think that's the moment right there when I said, oh my God. I got George Lucas is walking toward me to have a conversation with me. And it just seems like all roads led to this, this place in time. And I thought, wow, this is, this is pretty cool. Yeah. How I've kind of been able to evolve from being a fan to being a member of the media to actually being able to chat with George Lucas, which doesn't get to happen that often to that many people. So I'd have to say that is the one day that was in 2009. And, there's been a lot of other cool things that's happened to us. Uh, obviously, being uh, appointed host of the behind-the-scenes stage at Star Wars Celebration Anaheim is huge. Um, and uh, I've made some visits to Skywalker Ranch just recently. I was out there, as a matter of fact. And uh, and all those little things all kind of are, are amazing. But it was actually being able to talk to George is probably the one moment when I thought, wow, this is uh, this is really neat. That has to be one of the. I think many people would like to be in that seat, and uh, I, I heard that interview. You handled it well, and I think you spoke on behalf of all fans of the question. So I, I kind of knew the answer to that because anytime you get to talk to George Lucas, I think that pretty much trumps anything. But uh, it was really in a good interview, and uh, it's really interesting to hear where Rebel Force Radio has taken you guys. And um, you mentioned the behind-the-scenes stage at Star Wars Celebration, and finally, uh, Disney and Star Wars are making official releases about. Uh, celebration in Anaheim and Dave Filoni was announced uh, f- as one of the guests that are going to come and, and that was pretty much a given but it's it's kind of cool to hear that Dave Filoni will be there and he'll be a, a big rebel, Rebels representation and, and now obviously with it being in April and just being really months away from episode 7 uh, I know you probably can only talk about certain things without getting in trouble from Disney but do you expect this to be the biggest celebration that there has ever been and uh, what's it like knowing that you guys are going to be uh, hosting a stage uh, as part of Star Wars Celebration? Well yeah I definitely think this is going to be the biggest celebration of all time uh, both as far as scope and scale of the programming and as far as attendance goes because uh, fandoms could be in a fever pitch as we count down the uh, the months to Star Wars uh, Episode Seven, and this is where you're going to really see a big kickoff as far as promotion goes for Episode Seven. It's all going to happen at Celebration. Uh, there's definitely going to be a large Episode Seven presence there, and uh, lots of cool sneak peeks. Um, nothing has been confirmed yet as of this time, but. Uh, but, uh, you know, that's the, the purpose of this show, is to launch the new era of Star Wars, the sequel trilogy and beyond. So, um, I'd also expect a lot of cool things from Star Wars Rebels. 
and uh, that that's very exciting to me too. And so, yeah, we hope we can do a lot of cool things on the behind the scenes stage. Me and Jason were really sort of brainstorming over the weekend as to uh, what sort of programming that we'd like to put on our wish list at least. Um, nothing has been really set in stone at this time. So like, you know, you said, I, I can't say much because I might get in trouble. The bottom line is, I don't know much. We're, we're still really early in the planning process for everything. So uh, anything I say to you about what happens at Celebration is purely guesswork on my part at this time. But like I said, I would expect a large presence for Episode Seven, a large presence for Star Wars Rebels, and a large presence from the fans who are just going to be there gathered showing their passion. And I think... What's going to make this celebration probably even more special is I think there's going to be even more outlets for fans to be able to contribute to the overall programming and experience of the show. And that's what excites me a lot, too. But uh, right now, we're really in the early stages. It's, it's just kind of beginning to dawn on me that we're going to be doing this and that there is going to be work involved leading up to it. And uh and it's starting to get me feeling very excited. I got to admit, it's it's really starting to uh, get my creative juices flowing, and uh, just you know, um, I'm just kind of bubbling. My my blood is bubbling under the skin just as I as I think about all the cool things that are going to be happening in April. Well, Daniel, um, which unfortunately there was some technical difficulties he's not able to be on this interview but daniel he met you uh, he met you uh at the at the listener meetup at star wars weekends and uh he um he's gonna be at celebration so he's he's been talking my ear off about the potential of what that can be and it's it's, it's awesome that you guys are able to represent fans really to be on that uh behind the scenes stage and and uh, I think it's it's got to feel like a complete honor. And he wanted me to ask you, you know, how's it been, you know, working on that? Yeah, I know you mentioned a little bit about the brainstorming, but meant he, you know, working with Mary Franklin and all the all that kind of stuff, planning for celebration. Has it been sort of a surreal experience? Has it been, you know, does it? You know, I know you said it's just starting to hit you, but has it really felt, you know, real yet? Well, you know. As far as working with people behind the scenes, people like Mary Franklin are awesome. They're very easy to deal with. Mary's a big Star Wars fan herself, and and I've known her for a number of years. Um, I'm getting to know her a lot better, though. Um, <laughs> I can tell you that right now. Um, she has a lot of plates spinning, and so just, you know, at those moments when she's ready to focus on things to talk to us about, then uh, we'll sit down and, and talk to Mary a lot. But, um, you know, right now it's, it's she's just trying to keep everything sort of straight and, uh, and we're just uh, laying low until the big push comes before we start doing some hardcore prep on uh, the programming that you're going to see on the behind the scenes stage. Also, something else I'm working on, which is is really big for for me is uh smuggler's gambit the uh sequel to the the audio yes. drop the, okay. the live play that we produced in uh in orlando at the last celebration so we're we're definitely planning to do a follow-up we've been working on things uh me and kyle newman david collins um we've been talking a lot about it and uh we've been doing some early work on the play itself um so that that gets me, you know, really pumped up and everything. The people at Lucasfilm are great to work with. We've been working with them for about eight years now as far as, uh, you know, coverage on the podcast goes and at live events and whatnot. So uh, that's not anything really new to us. It just really hosting the behind-the-scenes stage 
to me right now it seems like just a natural extension of everything we do on the podcast every week it's just kind of part of that machine and um like I said, it hasn't really it hasn't really hit me yet. I, I'm sure when we're doing all the work and getting prepared for it, and then when we're actually there, I'll I'll really start to get into it. But um, right now, it's just another day at the office. <laughs> well, you actually answered my next question, which is going to be about Smuggler's Gambit, and that's I think good news for Star Wars fans that you uh, who you produced the the last Smuggler's Gambit, and uh, Kyle Newman kind of brought that to life, and having some of the uh, the Clone Wars actors actually be on the the uh, the first one. Are you are we gonna have maybe some rebels uh, voice actors be part of a smuggler Ga- smugglers gambit uh, sequel? Well, that's a good question. That's a really good question. <laughs> um, that's not anything we've really talked about too much. Um, we would like to recast a lot of the roles. Uh, you know, have the same voices play the same characters. In the first one, but we're also going to have some new characters in this one. Um, I'm sure David Collins will be back as Han Solo. I think that's a no-brainer. Oh, yeah, he was great. And um, we pair Han Solo up with... He, we get him involved in a partnership that is most unlikely. And I don't think it's ever been done before in Star Wars. I, I uh, this, this particular... <laughs> this particular duo that is going to uh, be put together on their own in an adventure. Uh, I don't think it's ever been done before, so um, that's about all I'm going to say about that, but uh, it, it's going to be fun. No matter what, it's going to be fun. Well, that is a great tease for that and for celebration. We just got one more question for you, Jimmy. When when you look at us, like Daniel and I, here on Podcast 66, and you kind of look at what Star Wars podcasting has become where there's so many you know great shows out there so many different people and so many different guests and and all kinds of content out there for star wars fans to listen to if you could if you could say one thing to all star wars podcasters and bloggers and and those out there who are maybe hoping to be somewhere like rebel force radio one day what what would that be um you know just have fun have fun with star wars because that's what it's all about i mean it's really easy to get tied down in the typical fanboy angst and rant about things that you don't like about star wars but i say accept star wars no matter what kind of star wars it is accept it for what it is and find the enjoyment and entertainment value first and foremost and um and have your own voice if you if you don't feel like you have to talk about something in Star Wars because everyone else is talking about it. Talk, a, a, Approach a topic because you have something to say about it. You know what I mean? Don't force the issue. Let your passion speak for you. And that makes producing a show a lot better. Because if you're really concerned with trying to recap all the news and provide editorials on each and every subject that pops up each and every day in the Star Wars universe, it's, you're, you're not going to find your identity. But if you approach the material in a passionate way and say, this is something out of the universe this, this is a, a, a an aspect of the star wars universe that i really relate to and i connect with and i have a chemistry with 
then you'll find that your shows will begin to flow a lot better. You'll have a lot, lot more entertainment value in your shows. And you'll just walk away from each and every one feeling like your fandom has been sort of bolstered. And if you feel that, then your listeners will feel that too. And that's probably the most important thing that I think of when it comes to doing a Star Wars podcast is just... Um, don't let yourself get bogged down by rules that you create. You know, let the show happen naturally and let it be a, a natural extension of your fandom. So that's probably my main thing is find your own voice. Well, Jimmy Mack, it's been an honor and, and we're really uh, appreciative of you joining us today on Podcast 66. You can catch uh, Jimmy uh, on Twitter and Facebook at Rebel Force Radio. You can find them at rebelforceradio.com where you can see all their shows, uh, not just Rebel Force Radio, but the network of shows like Oxygen and Influences that they have. Uh, you can also find them on iTunes. And uh, it's it's been real fun to talk to you today, Jimmy, and hopefully we can do this again soon. Absolutely, Ryan. Thank you so much for inviting me on the show. And uh, best of luck to you and Daniel in the future. All right. Thanks, Jimmy. That was Jimmy Mack of Rebel Force Radio joining us in Imperial Interrogation here on Podcast 66. What an awesome guy Jimmy Mack is, and he gave some really good, that was a really good tease for Smuggler's Gambit 2 at, at Celebration, and he said, you know, this is going to be a big celebration. It's kind of going to usher in the new era of Star Wars, and uh, I think Jimmy Mack and Jason Swank are really qualified to host that behind-the-scenes stage. I agree. Oh, man, Jimmy Mack's the greatest. Him and Swank have been doing that show Man, it's been a long time they've been podcasting together. They're they're the best, and like you said, I don't think anyone does a podcast better than they do. Right. So that was we're gonna bring in um, more guests. Jimmy Mack was the very first guest on Podcast sixty six in 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 its show's history. So that's that's something that he probably will put on his gravestone when he uh, <laughs> when he passes. It'll it'll say Jimmy Mack, uh, loving father and first guest of Podcast sixty six. So. Exactly. <laughs> So that, that's basically it for today's show. Um, we hope you guys really enjoyed it, and we really want you to be part of this show with us. Uh, in case you missed it earlier, you can follow us on Twitter at Podcast66. You can email the show at 66podcast at gmail.com where you can check uh, uh, all of the topics that we had today, uh, and you can, you can email us about it. Send us an email if you have anything interesting to say. If you're interesting enough, we'll even Skype you and have you on the show. What, what, but what other podcast does that? You know what I mean? So uh, definitely get with us. Our fan question of the week is going to stay the same as last week. Uh, do you think Disney, after what you've seen from Rebels so far and, and what they've done and what uh, even the parks that they're talking about adding uh, adding some content in, do you think Disney is ruining Star Wars? What do you think of Disney's impact on Star Wars? And what do you think of Disney uh, uh, post-George Lucas now that we start to see a little bit of Rebels? And let us know what you thought of the Jimmy Mack interview. Uh, follow us on Twitter. We'll follow you back. Download the fan-sided sports app. We're all about uh, interacting with you guys, listeners. You know, listeners, join the show. We'll have you on if you're interesting enough. And uh, and we're really, really all about that. And we really want to thank you guys for listening once again. Yeah, we love to hear from you folks. All you boys and girls out there listening to the show, we appreciate you tuning in to Podcast 66. And let us know what you think about the show. Give us some feedback. I'd love to hear. Uh, Ryan, I'd love to hear from the listeners, from the troops as we call them, uh, what they'd like to see at the Disney theme parks as far as a Disney expansion goes. It'd be great to hear from you guys on that and everything else we talk about. Please let us know. Email us. And uh, until next week, 
as you were, troops. That just about does it here for us on Podcast 66. We want to thank Jimmy Mack of Rebel Force Radio for joining us to talk about Star Wars Celebration and Star Wars Podcasting. Um, once again, email the show at 66podcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Podcast 66. Check Daniel and I's workout at dorksideoftheforce.com. And as always, dorksideoftheforce.com is a proud member of the Fan Sided Network. We want to thank you guys for listening once again, and may the Force be with you. This was Podcast 66, Episode 2, August 8th, 2014. Uh, We want to thank Jimmy Mack of Rebel Force Radio for joining us on the show today. You can follow us on Twitter at Podcast 66, email the show at 66podcast at gmail.com, and check out all our work on dorksideoftheforce.com. We are brought to you today by the Fansided Sports app. You can download the all-new Fansided Sports app uh, on Apple App Store or Google Play Store and check out all of our content on there as well. We want to remind you that all music, uh, clips, and other original content do not belong to us. They belong to Lucasfilm and Disney, all copyrights and trademarks respected. Um as well as we are not affiliated with Lucasfilm, Disney, Star Wars, or any of those companies. We want to thank you guys for listening to Podcast 66, and we'll catch up next week.